Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, hello again, and welcome into the show. Vince Quinn here with you on CBS Sports Radio, and uh, it's it's been a crazy week. The NBA is back; they're they're announcing when that's going to happen. Crazy short off season. The Big Ten is back. We had a major injury in college football. Just a, a lot of different things happening. But I would be doing a complete disservice to you as a sports fan. If I did not open this show with one of the most unbelievable games of baseball I've ever seen in my life, because if you didn't see the World Series game tonight, oh my goodness, you're going to see this game what feels like 30 times in the next 24 hours as they do nothing but pump in highlights from that game over and over and over and over and over again. Because it was a wild one. I mean, we're talking about a game where it's home run, followed by home run, lead change after lead change, high leverage moments, big outs, just incredible baseball all across the board. Records were set in this game, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But, man, I mean, the craziest thing about all of this, and this is what makes it so amazing, it's the last play of the game. Listen to this. And the pitch on the way. Swing, line drive, right center. It's a base hit. Kiermaier around third. He scores the tying run to third base and being waved home and falling down. And now they've got to come between third and home. The ball gets away. In the score, Rosarena. The Rays have won. Unbelievable call from Rays Radio. And, and if you see the play, like when you get the chance, obviously during a commercial break, to go and look up the clip, and, and see what happened there. A Rosarena, who is just an absolute madman in these playoffs. A Rosarena goes around third. He's running home. He trips over himself. He has a Daniel Jones spell of the moment. He falls over his own two feet. He's rolling around in between third base and home. The ball gets to home. You look over. You go, where's the Rosarena? Did he, did he cross already and I missed it? Did he get held up at third? No, he's doing somersaults in the middle of the base path. He finds his way down, and as he's coming home, the ball just totally goes off of Will Smith's glove all the way into the backstop, and a Rosarena comes in, and it's this crazy, beautiful Amazing image that sums up the Rays so well, sums up this game so well. It's a Rosarena fully stretched out, just laid out. I mean, like full Superman kind of dive. He's at home plate. He gives a big sigh of relief, not believing that he actually made it, which he shouldn't be able to believe that he actually made it. That was completely ridiculous that he was able to get home. Two errors lead to him actually making that play. And for him to just sit there and smile for about 15 seconds, it felt like just a long time of him just laying there and and just being in utter shock of the fact that the Rays just stole that game. They were down a run. They win the game. Eight to seven is the final score in that one. And nothing makes sense anymore. And it was the greatest game of baseball. <laughs> I mean, outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Just... Wow. Wow. So th- there's going to be a lot of things that we get into. We'll touch on the game as we go here. And if you want to get in and react to it, 855-212-4227. But we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. Now, obviously, that baseball game was amazing. It's an amazing feeling, whether you're a diehard for the sport or a casual fan. But the main thing that I got to really start with here is something that is, I want to say, conflicting in a lot of different ways. Because you got to think about the world of sports as we know it, right? And and the way that we look at competition on a professional level with millions and billions of dollars at stake, we put a lot of pressure on winning. And naturally so, right? Duh, Vince. It's a competitive business. Yes, I get it. Right, We push these people to win. LeBron James, you got to win every single year. Oh, well, you, you got to the finals a bunch of times, but you didn't win enough. Jordan's got six. You know, we have all of these things that we argue about incessantly. We push these players obsessively, 
We look at them differently. Whether or not they won a ring is a value of who they were as a player. Even though most of the time, we know it's not directly on any single individual player, right? It's about the team. It's about the coach. It's about the general manager, the owner, all of these different things at play. A player can drive things, absolutely. A great coach can drive things, but it's not all on one single person, right? But we put a lot of value in winning. And what you saw this week was an evaluation on winning that, to some degree, has to make you sick. And what happened is Antonio Brown has signed a deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At what cost? That's the question I have. At what cost for signing Antonio Brown? Because here's the thing. What caused this signing? It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the reason that Antonio Brown is a a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and there's no doubt about it, right? Tom Brady, who played with Antonio Brown in New England for a week, saw him get released, and we'll get to more on that in a minute. You see Bruce Arians, who earlier in the season had been around Antonio Brown for a number of years and said, no, I want nothing to do with this guy months ago. Was not interested. For Antonio Brown to be in Tampa Bay, that is a Tom Brady decision. And at what cost? Is this a ruthless competitor or just being ruthless? Because think about the the history here that Antonio Brown's got. And it might be hard to remember because, one, there's a lot of things that have happened since, you know, February, just in our lives, politically. You're all over the place, and I don't blame you. But when you go back and look at the history of Antonio Brown and all the things that happened that we learned in the past year plus, it's shocking. I mean, the history of this guy is bad on a lot of different levels. He's a bad person off the field. He's a bad person on the field. He's been given second chances. He's blown those chances. I mean, this guy has run out his rope. How bad's it been? Well, obviously, you hear all the things about the Steelers and where that was going and how toxic that relationship was, and they got rid of him. They trade him to Oakland. Raiders could be happier. They get a big-time wide receiver. They're building a new program. They're starting things over to get a guy like Antonio Brown at that point, you know, 31 years old. You can get a couple more years out of him. That's a good value. What could he do for that team? He could do a lot. He's one of the best receivers football's ever seen. So they're excited about it for, you know, a couple of weeks. And then he's not showing up. Why isn't Antonio Brown showing up? Well, he decides that he needs some helmet. He can't live without it. He's not showing up to practice. And then it gets to a point where the Raiders have an issue with him, and they fine him. And he's upset about it. He posts that letter on Instagram. He gets in a shouting match shortly after with Mike Mayock. Calls him all sorts of names in front of the whole team. Says he's going to be all in after the fact. And about two days later, he's cut and he's running around the backyard screaming that he's free. Antonio Brown was an absolute disaster in Oakland. And that was in a football capacity. You know, that's one of the things. You can make a lot of case. Uh, A lot of people will make the argument, and to some degree I understand it, of, hey, you know, this guy's got personal issues. He's got problems off the field. He did something bad. But if he comes in and he's a good teammate, well, then everything's okay. You're just winning games. But Antonio Brown hasn't been good. He's not a good teammate. That's why Pittsburgh got rid of him. That's why Oakland got rid of him. He was a mess. They had to. They had no other choice. So... For Antonio Brown, it's not just getting cut by Oakland. It's not getting traded by the Steelers. But it's the things that also led to his release from the Patriots. What are you dealing with? You're dealing with a guy that right now has a civil case based on a rape accusation. You're dealing with a guy that's been accused of unwanted advances by a second woman. And when that all came out, threatened that woman after the fact in text messages. We're talking about a guy that has at least three different noted incidents where he's hired people to do work in the thousands of dollars and has not paid those people. He's also, because that's not enough, he's also assaulted a guy who was involved in a moving truck that Antonio Brown had hired. Antonio Brown is an absolute mess in every way, shape, or form. He's been a bad guy on the field, off the field, It's hard to find a redeeming quality in the guy. Now, I'm not saying that his life is over and whatever, but I'm saying if you're going to make an investment in him as a football player at this point, what does that say about you? 
right? For Ant- for Antonio Brown to be the guy that he is, and for Tom Brady to drive the train so hard that he needed Antonio Brown on this team, what does that say about Brady? Like, doesn't that make you step back for a second and look and go like, okay, I get winning at all costs, but at some point, don't you have to look back and go, you know, at what cost? I mean, seriously, look at the career of Tom Brady. If you want to put all the Antonio Brown stuff aside for a second, look at what Brady's done in his career, right? Because for Brady, just as a winner, he's done all of it. He's the most accomplished athlete you could ever ask for. There's, there's almost nobody better. I don't know if there is anybody more accomplished than Tom Brady. 14 Pro Bowls, 6 Super Bowls, 3 MVPs, 3 All-Pros. He is considered the greatest player of all time. He's accomplished everything he needs to. He's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where you have Mike Evans, where you have Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller even, Rob Gronkowski is there, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. They're not lacking for weapons. They're not playing bad football. I mean, hell, the Patriots need Antonio Brown right now more than the Buccaneers do, right? Tom Brady doesn't need Antonio Brown right now, but he's been waiting for Antonio Brown from the minute he got released. There's a report that came out this week that in the offseason, he had uh, Antonio Brown talk with Tony Robbins, and he's trying to get him back on the path because he figured, I'm going to be somewhere else, and I want Antonio Brown with me. He's been setting this up for months. And for Brady to be as accomplished as he is, for him to be as successful as he is, the undoubted GOAT, right? You had all this time before where, hey, maybe it's Montana, maybe it's not. It felt like a generational divide. Everybody's on the Brady train now. You don't have to like him, but you have to respect what he did. But also, along the way, there are cheating incidents, right? There was Spygate. There is Deflategate. There's all this other baggage connected to Tom Brady. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Maybe. But when you're cheating and you're bringing in guys like Antonio Brown, I mean, is there a too far point? Is there a time where you stop and you look at Tom Brady and go like, maybe this has gone a little too far. Maybe the guy, as much as we push winning and and we give so much love and adoration and we talk about all the time, oh my God, how winning can solve all of your problems. It cures all ailments, right? Like that's the beauty of winning. But when you win so much and you've been so successful and you stoop so low at the same time and you go and you bring in a guy like Antonio Brown who who knows if anybody else in the league actually wanted him. Russell Wilson wants him. Sure. Lamar Jackson wanted him. Did the Seahawks want him? Did the Ravens want him? Did anybody else in the NFL really want him? I don't know. But for Brady to be so desperate... It's one of those things where we talk a lot about guys and big games and legacy and all that kind of stuff. To me, bringing in Antonio Brown affects his legacy more than anything else he could do the rest of the way here. I mean, this is far worse than anything on the field. Antonio Brown is a proven bad guy that has not earned that extra opportunity. And so to see him go and sign with the Buccaneers and for Brady to be the guy driving the train, I mean, again, I get the successful career of Brady. There's something to be said for his obsessiveness with how desperate he's been, how committed he's been year after year after year to winning. A lot of guys win and you feel like they'd get tired. And Brady hasn't, you know, he has these special diets. He's got his TB12 program. It's a whole brand that he's got. And for him to be that level of committed, in some ways you go, wow, that's impressive. But in some ways, you have to step back and look at it and go, wow, this is horrendously ugly. I mean, we're talking about bringing Antonio Brown back into the NFL. We're talking about bringing him back to a team that is talented right now, successful, has wide receivers. It's it's a square peg in a round hole in a sense. Like, where is the lineup now with Antonio Brown, right? Who's your third receiver? Is it Mike Evans? Is it Chris Godwin? You know, <laughs> like... It, It just, the whole thing seems crazy to me. I can understand a bad team with a coach maybe halfway out the door, the seat's really hot, and they get desperate, and it'd still be gross in that regard. But for Brady to convince Bruce Arians otherwise, to convince the Buccaneers otherwise, to bring this guy in, there's just some points where I look at this and I got to say that winning isn't everything. Not at this stage. Not at this, not with this guy, not at this cost. And I hate this move. I hate everything about it. 
And so if you want to talk about it, I'm happy to hear it. 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. And when we come back, let's get into the Seattle aspect of this a little more. Because it's really fascinating theory floating around regarding them. And I'd like to hit on that on the other side. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. And for the Dodgers to be in this position now, oh my goodness, what a ridiculous spot to be in where they're leading the game in the bottom of the ninth. They have two errors on the same play and lose the game with the Rosarena crossing the plate. I mean, it just, it's the ultimate slap in the face. It's a terrible feeling for them. And for the history of the Dodgers to have lost the World Series that they've lost, the ways that they've done it, it it's got to be exhausting. And for Dave Roberts, who's been a part of this, I mean, I can't imagine what he's feeling. Now, to be fair, after the game, he played it pretty cool. It's a tough one. This is, this is uh, you know, it's tough, and we got to, you know, digest it, but we have to turn the page. Now it's a three-game series, and we've got Clayton Gore tomorrow, and, and our focus has to turn to win tomorrow. Is there anything better than Clayton Kershaw being the guy on the mound after that game? Is there anything better? I mean, really, for Clayton Kershaw, obviously, he's got the history and the reputation and admitted himself, essentially, that he chokes in the playoffs. You know, he said that that's a problem that he has. And... For him to be the guy on the mound in this moment is incredible. And for what it's worth, here's here's part of what makes this so much fun. Clayton Kershaw pitched game one of the World Series. And in that outing, six innings pitched, two hits, one earned run, one walk, eight strikeouts. Phenomenal. Great performance. Can he do it again? That's going to be the fun question. And you look at this series, I mean, wow. What what a better, or could there be a better setup to game four than this game five? I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And this World Series just continues to roll on and be so much fun. And I really hope it goes seven. I, I really do. Um, if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. I'm Vince Quinn. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Trey, who's, who's in Atlanta. Trey, what's going on? Hey, man, what's going on? What's up? Uh, on the AB Talks, man, I mean, we are in, in America, man. It's Atlanta second chances and Atlanta opportunity, man. So, I mean, you know, yeah, he screwed up. He's done some things, man, some, I guess you could say, morally incorrect things. But I think this is his time, man, to get his head back on straight. And who are we to judge him? Well, I, I would typically far, agree with you, Trey. Like, I'm typically the guy that's fine with getting people back in the league, giving them second chances. If you have one thing, I don't know somebody's background or what a moment was or whatever. I, I don't want to judge people too often. But when you see Antonio Brown, I'd love to say it's a second chance, but it's like his fifth or sixth chance. I mean, this guy's had a lot of opportunities, and he blew all of them in the same year. I follow you, man, but at the same time, it's like, the crazy thing about it is, is, like you said, I think you got an, another segment coming with how long you think he'll last, man. It's like from the outside looking in, it just seems like people are betting against him. And that just doesn't seem like – I feel like he should get a better shake than that. I'll just say it like that. Antonio Brown? <laughs> yes. What, what's he done to earn Tom a better Brady shake, though? At, He's got the best the shake fact, possible. Well, I mean, you know, the fact that Tom Brady going to bat for him should speak volume. And as far as when you were saying – Brady background, I feel like Spygate is more or less the fact of the scouting department and the coaches back then. We can't necessarily put that on Brady, even if he was on the team. And then the secondary factor, the Flake Gate, I never really could see too much into that as far as, yeah, he served his little four-game suspension, but I just felt like that was just another way that, hey, Spygate happened, so we're going to come down hard on you like that. But it's been other guys that have done further more damage and stuff just disappeared. It's a guy up in Pittsburgh, man. Ten years ago, he had a rape allegation, man, and we just forgot about it. Well, Antonio Brown I mean, has an ape, a rape allegation. That's the thing, Trey. Like, I appreciate it, man, but I, I, come on. You know, at what point do you look at this and go, it's ridiculous? 
for Tom Brady to have the track record that he has as as a winner and being connected to Bill Belichick and the cheating that's gone on there and all that stuff, it just it all piles up and at some point it's ridiculous. There's something to be said for winning. Winning at all costs. Jordan and his drive. Nobody worked harder. You know, like, fine, fine. I get that. And to some level, I respect that. But when it gets to the point that you're willing to sacrifice and bring Antonio Brown back into the league as your hand-chosen disciple, it just, it feels gross. It feels gross. And I can't support Brady here. I can't support the Buccaneers here. And I just hope this blows up on him. I really do. I hope it blows up in the worst way. And I want to get into how this is going to work. Like, realistically, can Antonio Brown actually survive the season? You know, I want to get to that in a moment. But let's take another call. Let's go to uh, D, who's in D.C. What's going on, D? How are you tonight? Thank you for having me. (laughs) I think I'm losing my mind, D. But how are you? I'm all right. I mean, I I agree with you. Like, it kind of rubs me the wrong way, you know. But at the same time, you know, Brady had this guy living in his house at one point, and so they have some relationship there. And the league has proven if you have the talent with things like Dante Stallworth, with Josh Gordon, if you have the talent or or they think they can pull it out of you, it'll bring you in regardless of what goes on. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, Alden, Alden Smith is, a, is a, an example. I mean, with – I mean – if they feel like, you know, we can make a redemption story out of it and we can we can somehow turn this into our favor, we're going to roll the dice. Well, yeah, that's that's what happens. Now, for Alden Smith, he was out of the league for, you know, five years and then got his way back in, you know? And that's the thing is for Antonio Brown, there's just been no time. Like, he hasn't it, sat out for a season. He hasn't shown that he's a model citizen all of a sudden. He doesn't look like a different guy. Exactly, and and that and, but I think that actually goes into him Brady season and getting him in. Like, oh, he hasn't been out this long. We can we can get him his past the eight games, and you know, just like you said, getting into their ear and that 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 like you know, he's not a not a, a substance abuse case like a Josh Gordon. So we can bring him in. He might still be fresh. Like you could play all those scenarios if you're sitting in the in the room with Bruce Arians. <laughs> I get and, and people are. I mean, that's the thing. And D, I appreciate it, man. Like, I, it's so funny, man. I just feel like I'm totally in the minority on this one, Graceffo. I just feel like it seems like a lot of people. Like everything I've gotten on Twitter so far, it's been pro Brady and AB. Let them go. They're going to win. Yeah, I mean, I get why people are always going to be like, we got to win. Winning conquers all. Just win, baby. The only thing worse than I, I, I want people who hate. They hate uh, losing more than they love winning. All those cliches that get thrown around by NFL coaches. They're all great. Uh, But again, it all comes back to the fact that Brady sees an opportunity. They saw an opportunity to get this guy who is, again, it's been two years since he's been in the league. It's not like he's Pittsburgh Antonio Brown going to Pro Bowls every year and he's your best wide receiver in your fantasy league. It's obviously shown that there is no cost to if this makes somebody uncomfortable, if this goes a little too far. And the last caller made some good points. There have been a lot of players who have rebounded from a lot worse things. But again, Antonio Brown has allegations that you and I would not want to have on our rap sheet. Not that somebody would say that that we did to them. You you would not want that. You would not want some of the things that Antonio Brown has, has been said to have done on your rap sheet. It's just, it comes to a point where if you're the Eagles and it's your team and you're in the middle of an NFC East race and you need Antonio Brown, like you could make the argument that nobody in the NFL would need Antonio Brown more than the Philadelphia Eagles because there's no Alshon Jeffrey and there's no Deshaun Deshaun Jackson Jackson and Travis Fulgham's your best wide receiver. Would you want Antonio Brown? And that's the thing. I can understand if the Eagles, if they decided they were so desperate that they were going to roll the dice, I would hate everything about it, and I would crush them for it. But for them, it's been a couple of years. They've only won once. Doug Peterson may or may not be on the hot seat, and he's trying to save his job. Like, that's the kind of desperation move that brings about those kinds of decisions. But for Antonio Brown to go to the Bucs, I mean, is Bruce Arians on the hot seat? Are are the Bucs struggling? You know what I mean? No, it's just the desperation factor of we want to win at all costs. Yeah. And they've done it and they've done 
everything up to this point to prove that. I mean, look at what the Bucks are going to look like in two years when there's no draft picks, and, and this is the old, this is one of the oldest rosters in the league, and Tom Brady's gone, he's retired, or he's somewhere else. Look at what the Bucks are going to look like. There's going to be nobody left. Yeah. And they're going to be looking to, again, they're not worried about it now, but just look at the situation two years from now when the Bucks have gone all in. They've pushed every chip that they possibly could in the middle of the table and said, we're trying to win. It's the same thing the Seahawks have done. It's the same thing that the Ravens have done to an extent. These guys are desperate to win, and that's it. And it cures all, as you said. Yeah, that's that's what they say. But, man, I, at some point, it's just – I feel like you have to draw I think a line me in and the you sand. Just, I think me and you are just prudes. We hate winning. I think that's it. That must be it. Yeah, we're we're natural we just, losers. We hate, right. We're losers. We hate winning. Uh, you know, you know you, you've seen winning. I have not. <laughs> I'm never going to see winning. So you never thought you would see winning, I'm sure. Yeah. But I mean, that's what it comes down to. If it's me and you are here, we're working a shift that no, that usually people don't want to work, and you know, we're we're just a couple of losers here. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's what it is. It it's an us problem. It's because I mean, to look at Antonio Brown, nothing is wrong with Antonio Brown. No, he's basically nothing. a saint. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Pope is. That's going to be his next order of business. Is if if Antonio Brown wins a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, he's going to call him to the Vatican and name him a saint. I mean, Antonio Brown's just been such a great guy. Antonio Brown's been hanging out for eight weeks, doing nothing. He hasn't been seen or heard from, except for this Tony Robbins thing that we just. Learned. Yeah. <laughs> but um, again, there are 32 NFL teams. Where are the other teams that, aside from the Seahawks, maybe planting something in the media? And aside from Russell Wilson, uh, Lamar Jackson saying in March, or not March, in August, that Antonio Brown would be a great fit in our locker room, what did you hear about Antonio Brown? Every team in the league had eight weeks up to this point to sign Antonio Brown. And it took the Bucks having a couple injuries and Tom Brady just greasing the pole a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it came down to. And so now Antonio Brown is with the Bucks. And you can say, yeah, winning, winning, winning. It's all about winning. But to me, there's just winning with cost. And for Brady to have been as successful as he's been, and for Antonio Brown to have problems off the field again and again and again and again and again, not just a one-time incident or a two-time thing or a recurring problem, all sorts of different types of issues. And then the on-the-field stuff, too, which in football, you make the argument, hey, they do whatever they do off the field, but as long as you're a good football player and you're a good teammate, nobody cares. Handle your business. He hasn't been a good teammate. So to make the argument that Antonio Brown deserves to be in the NFL is shocking. It's shocking to me. And it's so funny, too, because you make the case, you see all these different guys over the years that have had different issues and been brought out of the league. Like, you think of T.O., for example. T.O. got left out of the league when he was a Cincinnati, had a good year there. The Bills, he had a good year there. People didn't want him in because he was just a locker room problem. People said, you can't have T.O. If T.O., the locker room problem stuff wasn't such a big deal, he'd still be in the league today. I mean, I can see it. If you see the kind of shape he's in, that was banishing worthy, right? I don't know what changed, but apparently Antonio Brown, when T.O. wasn't allowed back in years ago, which again is ridiculous, um, to see Antonio Brown now be like, yeah, bring him in. Let's go win. It just sounds crazy to me. We've gone too far. Winning isn't everything. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Maybe people just forgot about the history of Antonio Brown. Like, that's what me and Graceffo were just talking about through the whole commercial break. It's just, maybe people just forgot. I don't know. It's It's been almost a year. He got over a year. He got released in September of last year. So maybe people forget. Maybe they forget the track record of Antonio Brown. Maybe they forget all the problems that he had on the field, off the field, all in a short amount of time where he had multiple chances and he blew all of them in a brazen and ridiculous and multiple times nearly illegal manner, if not fully illegal. He's got lawsuits pending. He's got all these people he hasn't paid thousands of dollars to. He's got a civil rape accusation. There's so many things around Antonio Brown that are just awful. And maybe if you forgot, Google it. 
But to look at this guy and say, well, he's a great football player. He deserves to be in the NFL. No, certain people with problems deserve the opportunity to get back into the NFL. Right? If you have an incident or two, depending on what the incident is, I mean, obviously everything's on a scale. Everything's case by case. There's no reason to get too specific here. But when you see people have different personal issues, can they get back in the league? Can they overcome that? Can they become a success story and winning cures that? Yes, there are times where that happens. But does Antonio Brown deserve that opportunity? And what does it say for Tom Brady being the guy that's driving the train to get him back in the league? That's the th- If the Bucks just decided, the general manager, the coach, they're on the ropes, I've seen that pathetic, sad sack kind of story before. It's happened. That's not a shocker to anybody. It's pathetic, but it's not surprising. For Tom Brady to be as successful as he's been, to have the opportunity to throw passes to you know Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, as much as I know there's been some injury stuff there, those are incredibly talented guys. Rob Gronkowski, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. For all the weapons that he's got there, for all the success that he's had in his career, the respect that he has, we call him the greatest player of all time. And for Tom Brady to look at Antonio Brown for months and go, that's my guy, there's some point where winning at all costs is just too far. I mean, it, it's just one of those things where it feels gross. And that's what I keep going back to. Because, again, Antonio Brown has a long list of legal accusations and He's got his blow-ups with the Steelers, with the Raiders. He's a guy who hasn't shown self-control. And in a couple of months' time, can you really believe that he's different? Should Tom Brady get credit for bringing in Antonio Brown? Here's one of the things that drives me nuts about this, and in part because it's probably true. Somebody hit me up on Twitter, and if you want to tweet me, totally fine. At It's Vince Quinn. Happy to read tweets. At the very least, to try to read everything that's sent to me, if not respond to it. Somebody said to me, the Buccaneers are winning the Super Bowl. Well worth it for them and very low risk move. Low risk move bothers me big time. Because again, could be true. Could be true. If the Buccaneers bring in Antonio Brown and they have, and let's say in a short amount of time, things go rotten one way or another. And again, I will go through some scenarios for that in a minute. They get rid of Antonio Brown. Could they be in the news for a week or two? Yeah. Sure. But then Tom Brady's winning games, and he's in Tampa Bay, and what a story it is, right? Tom Brady in a new city doing it without Bill Belichick with Rob Gronkowski. Well, the NFC, there's a lot of talented teams over there. Can they beat these teams, right? We just get back into the cycle. We forget about all of this, and maybe it is low risk. Maybe that's what happens. It's a low-risk scenario. The Bucks don't realize much. They're uncomfortable with it, and it could, could rock the boat a little, they can overcome it. And there won't be enough of a firestorm in any way. There's not enough public accountability for it. It doesn't seem to be much of an uproar now. I mean, for me, doing this show right here in the moment, basically every call and tweet that I've heard is, yeah, it's fine for Antonio Brown to be back in the league. No problem with Brady picking him. He's just trying to win. Is there any line you wouldn't cross? I mean, that's the question I have for you. If you're okay with Antonio Brown being in the league, with all of the different things that he's done in a short amount of time, is there any player that you can look at and go, I wouldn't have that guy on my team ever? Have you ever said that about a player? What was that player's infraction? What did they do? What was their history? Because I feel like we've all said it, right? I mean, Graceffo, like, we, we've talked about it with Antonio Brown right here, but if you, have you had guys in the past you go, I'd never have that guy on my team? Uh, Aaron Hernandez. Okay, that's the. I think that's the one for everyone. And if it's not the one for everyone, then shame on the person that it's not. Yeah, it, you got to check a lot of things if if that's the answer that you're going to have. But the, usually, there's a lot of people that I've talked to that have said there's just there's no way I'm putting this guy on my team. And if you're willing, if you're happy to have Antonio Brown, I mean, look up the history because honestly, I think a lot of people forgot. So eight five five two one two four two two seven is how you join the show. I'm Vince Quinn. Again, you can hop in. At it's Vince Quinn, all one word, it's Vince Quinn. Now, here's the thing of Antonio Brown, whether or not he can actually finish the season. And here's why I have doubts about it, right? 
obviously, if there's just little stuff, he's a little bit of a nuisance in the locker room. He wants balls thrown his way a little bit more. I think they're going to put up with that kind of stuff, right? I don't, I don't think for them to make this kind of leap, they're going to have some level of tolerance for the Antonio ba- uh, Brown extravaganza, whatever that is. I think they're going to have some comfort level of, okay, it's not going to be a smooth ride here, and we're going to have to have some ugly weeks and conversations and moments. But it's worth it to win. That's generally going to be the mentality. But here's part of things that weighs against it is, one, the NFL does not want Antonio Brown in the league. The league itself, the league office, Roger Goodell, people that run the NFL, they don't want Antonio Brown in. Did you see the whole situation, how it played out with Antonio Brown to get back in the league? Because they cut him last year. The Patriots did because they had to. And once that happened, the league office didn't really say anything. Antonio Brown was shadow banned, essentially, for a long time, going into the season, all through last season. It's quietly set aside. Roger Goodell, somebody in the league office, they're supposed to have a meeting with Antonio Brown and talk about all the legal problems that he's had, all of the different incidents with the Raiders that he had, all these things that piled up, and figure out what a suspension was supposed to be. But they didn't do that through last season. They didn't do it through the offseason for the most part. They didn't want to. They were trying to push it aside. They were trying to ignore the problem for Antonio Brown to announce a couple of times that he was going to retire. They hoped he was just going to go away. They're frightened of him, and they should be. He's a mess. So for Antonio Brown to be at this point where he's getting back in and he's now served the formal eight-game suspension or eight-week suspension that they've put on him, and so he'll be back in a couple of weeks here. If he does anything that gives the NFL the opportunity to sit him out again, they're going to do it. The league office does not want Antonio Brown around. I don't blame him. So that's one of the things that I think is going to be the big issue here. Does he have any infractions that pop up that give the league, not the Buccaneers, taking it out of their hands, give the league the opportunity to sit Antonio Brown aside? That's going to be a major question. Another thing is, and and this is something that we'll find out in the next week or so, and if it's quiet, then that's a credit to Antonio Brown, and maybe he is on the road to recovery. Again, I'm a skeptic here. I'm happy to be proven wrong, but in the short amount of time that it's been, and the lack of evidence that I've seen, I stand where I stand right now. I don't trust Antonio Brown. I don't think he deserves to be in the NFL. So if it turns out in the next couple of weeks, as he's going through all of this, as it's announced that he's coming back into the NFL and he's got a contract, as he plays a game or two, scores a touchdown, whatever happens, I would figure people are checking into Antonio Brown and what he's been doing since he's been out of the league. You know, this is an opportunity for somebody who, if he's had any infractions, this is a time where it's probably going to bubble up. That just usually is how it goes with people. So does anything bubble up in the next week or two? If not, great sign for Antonio Brown, right? That's a sign that he's going to make it through the year because that means the NFL doesn't have another reason to suspend him. So that is part of what could make it work for him. The other thing is, obviously, Tom Brady's got his back. And so if it's just small locker room stuff, Brady's going to fight for him. He's probably going to stay. So as long as Antonio Brown doesn't do anything off the field, he's probably going to make it through the season. If he gets cut because Brady wants him gone, then it's gone off the deep end and he should have never gotten a shot. And and really, he shouldn't have gotten a shot anyway. Not right here, not right now. For Brady to pick him, I just, it's disgusting. Because, again, Antonio Brown's been terrible off the field and on the field. Multiple incidents all in the past year. And, really, some of this stuff dates back to 2017. So, again, it's a lot of incidents. I don't trust Antonio Brown. I don't think he deserves this opportunity. I think it's sad that Tom Brady stoops to this level for as much of a winner as he's been for as good of a team that he's got around him. To have the status that he has, nothing really left to accomplish other than his own goals. Is it admirable that Tom Brady wants to win to the point that he wants to bring in Antonio Brown? Maybe. To some people it is. But to me, there's just a line that you shouldn't cross. And this is too far. This is giving up everything for the sake of winning. And I hate it. I hate everything about this move. And really, I'm rooting against the Bucs at this point. How can you not? So, 855 212 
4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. Let's go to Ronald, who's in Jacksonville. Ronald, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, well, just tell us how you really feel about it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I'm not uh, shocked that he's back in the league. I'm a little surprised that it's Tampa uh, because they do have a wealth of talent. But uh, I think it's very important to Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl without Belichick. I really think it's important to him. Uh, when he played with New England, uh, when they played the Dolphins, I think I think he caught a touchdown or two. Uh, and because they didn't have a, a preseason and no, you know, training, I think he's got a connection with Antonio Brown, and I, and we know Antonio Brown at his best. He's, he's one of the top two, three wide receivers in the game. He still can take the top off the defense. And I think Brady needs that. And uh, I think he's probably got a better connection with Antonio than uh, the guys who own Tampa, believe it or not. And also, I thought about this. Uh, you remember when Dennis Rodman joined the Bulls? You know, he was a problem child. But he had so much respect for Michael Jordan that he kept it in check. Maybe Antonio Brown has that much respect for Tom Brady that he's going to be a, a, a good guy the rest of the season. Like I said, this is his absolute last chance. And you're right, he has had multiple chances in the league. And some of the things he did, like with the Raiders, he had, what, $30 million waiting on him. Uh, he screwed that up. Yep. Uh, you know, when the Saints told him to come, don't bring an entourage, but an entourage. So I said there must be something mentally wrong with this guy. I thought he fit that profile, you know what I'm saying? So well, who knows? That's problems. the thing. He's had he's had all these different issues. I don't know exactly what his problem is, but he's been right. he's been an absolute mess. And Ronald, I appreciate it, man. Like here, here's the thing. And Ronald's point of okay, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe maybe he respects Tom Brady so much that he won't make a mess of himself here. I think that's going to be uh, an argument that a lot of people make. But the thing is, the Patriots brought in Antonio Brown last year when Tom Brady is there. This is after he gets cut by the Raiders, obviously, for all the problems that he had there. It turns out that as he signs with the Patriots, it comes out that he made these unwanted advances on a woman. She rejected him. He then, he had hired her to do a job. He refused to pay her. And she makes this all public. Now, once this happens, he's a Patriot. He's with Tom Brady. He's on the team. The Patriots tell him, don't contact this woman. Whatever you do, do not reach out to this woman. Don't say anything to her. And Antonio Brown texted the woman. He went after her. He said all these nasty things about her. And it got to a point where the uh, lawyer that represented that woman had to reach out to the league and say, tell this guy to leave this woman alone. He has sexually assaulted her, and he needs to step back. And that's when he got cut from the Patriots. So... There's no reason to believe that Tom Brady is this magical force that's going to keep Antonio Brown in check. I don't know if he is a force that can be kept in check. And that's the problem, right? Certain guys deserve opportunities and certain guys don't. And for Antonio Brown to be at this level of being a mess and get another opportunity, it makes me look down on Brady. It really does. The cheating stuff, if you want to say Spygate and Deflategate and whatever, it's not that big a deal. I mean, to some degree, fine. Fine, right? It's cheating within the sport and whatever. Um, who knows what other games other people are doing and yada, yada, yada. Fine. But when Brady's won as much as he has anyway and been successful as he's been anyway and still is desperate enough to go to Antonio Brown, you got to question this at least a little bit. Maybe not. 855-212-4227. I mean, seriously. Like, I just, I feel like I'm a crazy person out here. All, all I'm looking at, everything on Twitter, I'm just getting attacked. All the calls, there, nobody agrees with me on this. I don't know how you can look at Antonio Brown and the history that he has and goes, this should be the guy that should be back in the league. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy to me. But whatever, that's that's just my opinion. You know, let's, let's take a call on the World Series because that's something that's happy and fun and enjoyable. And Mark, who's in California, has been waiting for a while. Mark, how are you doing? I have a lot of patience. <laughs> yeah, you certainly do, and I appreciate it, Mark. But, okay, I'm a New York Giants fan, and I'm never going to forget when the Giants went up against the Patriots and Tom Brady and Eli were in the same room, and he shook his hand and said, good game. They were 18-0 at the time, undefeated, so cocky and arrogant. So I do agree with you. I hope this blows up in Brady's face. I hope he messes with the whole entire team's chemistry. Remember, 
They went out, they signed Fournette. Fournette at the time had 2,000-yard seasons, was still a very established good running back. They went out and they signed him too. So I really hope this does blow up in his face. But that's not what I want to talk about here. So I do agree with you, though. And it's nice to but, hear um, because, again, I, I feel like it's it's just crazy pills for me tonight for being this way. Yeah. So thank you. No, it's it's absolutely wild. But Mookie Betts right now is on a whole nother level. But I was arguing with my buddy today who is an Angels fan. I'm a Yankees fan, of course. So I've watched Mookie in Fenway Park, which is probably the hardest right field park in probably all of baseball. I don't think outside of Dwight Evans there's a better defender at Fenway than Mookie Betts in the history of the Red Sox. He's that good. But he was saying that Trout is better than Betts. And so I was arguing with him that Trout is great. And his age 30 season right now, he's a Hall of Famer right now. If you, were to, if you were to retire today, he's got that resume that's Hall of Fame worthy. But with the way that Betts is playing, it's kind of like Eric, It's kind of like Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter when they were both shortstops on different teams. Mm-hmm. Everyone was saying that A-Rod had the better stats, but Jeter had October. And that's what was a big thing. Reggie Jackson and all those guys wouldn't be those guys without October. So Betts before this, let's be frank here, had a terrible postseason resume. His resume was not very good, but on the biggest stage with a brand new team, he's shining right now. And so, you know, um, what is your take on that? Like, do you know, what what do you think? Do you think Trout is better than Betts? Do you think Betts is climbing as probably the best player in baseball. So I've, I've seen the conversation in a lot of different places, so I, I get where you're coming from, Mark. For me, I still give it to Mike Trout. The problem is Mike Trout has been in a terrible organization, and Mookie Betts has been on two great organizations. So, like, And for Mike Trout, if he goes his whole career and ends up being the best player that's ever played baseball, and he never has a significant playoff run, like that's the nature of baseball in the worst way, isn't it? Right? Like A singularly great, all-time amazing talent can't get anywhere because the organization around him is just so bad and baseball isn't an individual sport. So I would love to give credit. Like Mookie's been great in, in the postseason and it's been fun and credit to him. And he is a great player, but trout, man. I mean, I, I can't discount trout because it's not his fault that they're not in the playoffs. He's one of the best players to ever play. I mean, his only playoff resume was when they went up against Kansas city. He mind you, he hit zero 83 in that series. But you start to look at a player when they're down 3-1 as opposed to playing Kansas City and the Angels on a Wednesday night. You look at a completely different team. You know, Mike Trout has a career OPS of over 1,000. He's got the MVP awards. The one thing that Betts has over Trout, Trout has never won a gold glove ever in his career. And Betts has. And so, you know, the thing about it is Trout's offense is better. But Betts is – and Trout's an amazing defender. But Betts is on a whole other level defensively. That's kind of where you kind of have to look at it as, like, they're both good. You know, they're both in that same organization for the next 10-plus years, so we're going to see it. But right now, at age 30, if Trout were to retire, man, he's probably, in my opinion, I put him as the greatest player ever. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, Mark. You could say he's the greatest player ever. And I appreciate the call, man. I'm way late on the break. But – yeah, you look at it and you go, okay, for, for Mookie Betts, is he the better fielder? Yes. But, man, the career body of work of Mike Trout is just undeniable. So, yeah, I'm going Trout. It's, that's an easy one for me, although I love Betts. So, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show, 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn. You can always reach out on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn, and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, so this is a question I have. I obviously I was, if you remember, if if you've been a diehard listener of the show, uh, all six of you, and I appreciate you very much. Seven, seven. Wow! Oh my God, that's I'm a, here. That's so a, seven. There you go. Do you count as a diehard listener when you're paid to work the show? Oh, that's a good question. 
That's a good question. Are you a fan of the show, I think, is the important man, question. Man, oh, man. I got to think about that one. Yeah, come back. I think you should, come back. Yeah, you should think about that one. This, this might be your last shift, pal. As if I've got power. <laughs> as if I could, I could storm in a management's office and demand things. Honestly, if you did, that'd be fine. It'd be fine for you, because then I'd be out and you'd still have a job. Yeah, no, you'd be thrilled about that, wouldn't you? No, but but here's the thing, is because I've already been out of a job here, okay? It's not like I, I didn't do anything, but it was just once COVID hit and things went crazy, they are like, all right, we got to make some cuts and there's things that need to be done here, and like Vince, we'll see you later, you know? So, I was one of the lucky few. I well, can't believe it. Well, yeah, you stuck around, so credit to you. But I was doing a show. I started, uh, the first show I ever did for the station was in October last year. And I did it for a couple of months up till February, and then um, I was out, and I came back, how long ago, I guess? It was over, a little over a month ago, month and a half ago, something like that. But somewhere in between, in that gap of when I was previously doing shows, version 1.0 and version 2.0, the rock song changed at the top of the hour. Right? You remember? Do you remember what the old rock song was? The no, I, feel, I feel like that was the one that I always had for you. No, I, that, I had a one, like a generic one that didn't have your name in the open, and it was just like a generic CBS Sports Radio open. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering what happened with that. Okay, yeah. so you just implanted the intro to like you're listening to the Vince yes. Quinn show, yes. and and that's with that song. A little branding. See. That's good. Branding is always good. Sure. I mean, that's the only piece of branding we have for the show, I think, right? It's fine. I mean, you know. I got the I got the liners to bring you back from break. We play with the classy songs that we use. Yeah. Yeah, so those are good. Okay, well no, those those are good. How about this? Let's 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 have a little fun here. If you're a listener of the show, you actually enjoy the show. You're a fan of what we do here. Me and Graceffo and all the, the goofing around and dumb stuff that we do. And again, it's just the two of us. There's nobody else here. No, that is it. We are two men on an island, okay? The, the building is everybody, empty. Everybody thinks like, oh, man, radio is such a big business with so many people involved. No. <laughs> no. No. We are two peek guys in dimly the lit rooms um, just, just getting by. Just peek back behind the curtain. There's no one else here right now. <laughs> this is the show. Yeah, this that's is it. it. Yeah, there's, there's no, no, like, there's no intern. No. There's, there's no, like, other person that could be in the control room or, like, a anchor that might be physically here. No. Yeah, there used to be two producers, and now there's one. So we've we've downsized, and right. it's, it's just the two of us. So that's, I mean, part of it, like, I'm not blaming the company as COVID. I'm just letting you know what's going on here. This is the operation. But since since there are people out there that are a fan of the show, here, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. If you want to cut a promo, a return for the show, if you want to say, hi, my name's Bill from Arkansas, and you're listening to the greatest show ever, which is ideal for me. I need I, I need the ego stroked here. No, but if you want the opportunity to give a return intro for the show and you love the show, call in right now. We'll record the call. We'll give you the opportunity to do it. We like the we like your cut. Then we'll use it. We'll put it in the rotation. Graceffo, you in? Sure. Yes. He's not thrilled about it, but he's in. <laughs> he's in. We're doing it. Now so, we're just inviting crazy people. Well, to call. yes, we are, which is what the show is all about. Which That's why I'm not really a big fan of. <laughs> but again, it's going to happen anyway. Well, yeah. So embrace it. That's all I'm saying. If you want an opportunity to record a rejoinder for this show right here, right now, I will give you the opportunity to do it. 855-212-4227. That's how you call in. Tell Graceffo that you're interested in cutting a return, and we'll make it happen. 855 212 4227. That's how you do it. And as you know, I'm Vince Quinn. You can join the show on Twitter. You're a loser. I am a loser. <laughs> so maybe you don't want to cut the return. Um, <laughs> I'm giving you the opportunity if you want it. How often do you get a chance to be a part of a national radio show? Okay. It's I feel like they have an opportunity when they call. Well, when they call, but this yeah. is to immortalize you. You could be asleep. You could be busy working and hear yourself on the radio. Okay. That's an opportunity. So let's some see people think they can do that when they have the radio on while they call. Well, which, yeah, that's which is a, is a common is a, thing. Is a no, no, people are pretty good about that. Right. I think it's gotten but better over the years. To them, like when they, how am I going to hear it? Uh, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So eight five five two one two four two two seven. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. And. Something I want to get into here. A couple of things. One, Odell Beckham Jr. had a hell of a week. He had 
A very interesting week. Last week, they get crushed by the Steelers. He's sitting out the back half of the game because there was no point. And he's blowing up on the sideline. He's throwing a fit, which he tends to do. Now, I think it gets a little overblown in what his character and whether or not he's a winning player and all that stuff. But he had a fit. And uh, that's not a good look for him. He also said at some point during the week that COVID just doesn't want anything to do with him, which was um, an interesting analysis that's not exactly accurate. It was just like, it was a very strange week for Odell. Now, I'll say this for what it's worth, because we've been talking a lot about Antonio Brown. And like, I'm not an Antonio Brown guy. I think it's a joke that he's back in the league. Antonio, or not Antonio Brown, uh, Odell Beckham, to me, I think he's Jimmy Butler. I just think he's this guy that's a star talent that's been in bad organizations and hasn't found the right fit, and he is a little temperamental, but if you get him in the right spot, he can be a winner. I I think if he's in the right spot, he'd be happy enough. He'd still be competitive. I think he's a guy that wants to win. I don't think he likes losing. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it's all about him and the numbers. And seeing Odell and what he's been through again, it's just a weird week for him. It's not, it's not going to help his case, but he just gives me Jimmy Butler vibes. And seeing a week like this is, is part of what brings me to that point. Now, again, if you want to get in 855-212-4227. Oh, let's see here. We've got Randy in Grand Rapids. Randy, what's going on, man? Hey, good morning to you. How are you? I'm doing good. I, I like your voice, by the way. Are you a, Are you looking for a promo here, Randy? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Okay. So here's what I want to do, Randy, is what I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the opportunity to just take the floor and whatever you want to say for the intro, we're going to cut that. And if we like it, we're going to make it a part of the show. All right. All right. All right. So I'm going to just take a, I'm just going to take a step back here and Randy from Grand Rapids, the floor is yours. CBS sports radio. You are listening to Vince. Quinn, the greatest, greatest radio show ever until next week. <laughs> yes. Okay. How was that? that was, That's that was just, not bad. Just off you, the you, top of my head. No, you stumbled a little bit and, and we could edit that out if we want to, but we might not. Yeah. How about this? I'll, I'll give you one more opportunity. We're going we're to consider that a warm up, and that was a good warm up. but I'll give you one more shot. Okay. All right. You ready? All right, I don't. I didn't write that down, so it may be a little. Different. That's fine. Off the cuff is good. That's when the creative juices okay. get going, Randy. I believe in you, my friend. So we're gonna again. Right. Here we go, Randy from Grand Rapids. Take number two. Hey, you are listening to Vince Quinn, the greatest radio morning show ever. <laughs> Until next week. <laughs> yes, there we go. The greatest, yeah, I might be fired by the time it gets back to next week. But, Randy, that was a good promo. Uh, Graceffo, what would you think? Do you want to, uh, out of 10, how, how do you rate Randy there? Uh, six. Yeah, there, that, which is worthy of this show, I think. So, Randy, excellent work, my <laughs> friend. Technically not a morning show. I'll, I'll take a six. There you go. Six, yeah, it's, uh, thank you very much. Now, technically, a morning show. We have Technically one, not a morning no, show. No, we have one hour on the West Coast that is before midnight. Everything else is past midnight we count as a morning show but in the <laughs> in the jargon of our business you would not consider this the morning time slot um in our business no but again i'm not here for that i got to pump up the value of the show okay that's the whole point of this i got to make it sound better cuz i need sponsors you know i got to i got to get verified on twitter all the there's check marks i need to accomplish you're here. tom brady you need your antonio brown yeah, uh, yeah. that's all that's this all it is, is. This is what you need that's all i mean i'm such a successful radio host i've won so many marconis over the years which is the award for radio host by the way i've won so no many no one would know that Mar- exactly which is why you know you got to inform the people and again i've won so many Graceffo, that i just i get tired Tired of winning them. And so you're my Antonio Brown, and now we're getting together, and, and we're doing it one last time. We're just adding one more Marconi to the fireplace. That's all this is. Had to bring you aboard. Loose cannon. We'll see what happens. That's not true! <laughs> so, all right, well, shout out to Randy. I appreciate him going for the promo cut. Why not? Uh, and you know what? How about this? If someone thinks they can top Randy, if you think you can top Randy on the promo, 855 212 4227. I'll give someone else a shot. 855 212 4227 is how you join the show. Now, here's something that I saw recently that I read this and I scratched my head. I read an article that said sports trading cards are popular again. 
Is that really true? Is anybody out there actually collecting sports cards right now? Is that a thing? You know, are people right now obsessively, like, buying boxes of cards or you to check out line at the Walmart? You know what I mean? Are you going to collectible stores? Are those doing well right now? Do you run a store and, and it's really busy? Like, card, well, I guess card shows you aren't really having right now. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Um, but are they busy if you are? Like, something about, I'll say this, trading cards as a kid, loved it. Had a great time. I mean, I had a time where when I was a kid, I saved up for, like, six months and me and a buddy, we decided to split a, a whole box of cards. A whole box. And the feeling of getting a full box, like 30 packs of NFL cards, and being like, oh my God, where are we going to get in this box? Now, we got like two cards that we were actually excited about, but it was cool. It was cool. Like, I would bring binders to school and trade cards with kids. I still have a drawer in my parents' house somewhere. I'm not living in my parents' house, though. Let me make sure that I stress that. People are like, oh, this young kid still living with his parents doing national radio. Who does he think he is? No, I don't live with my parents, okay? I'm out of the house. I live with my girlfriend. I'm very well adjusted in society but I would uh, bring the binders to school and I do have a drawer at home full of sports cards but I haven't been into it lately like nobody I've talked to seems to be buying cards but I read an article and this was it was a prominent paper in Toronto that wrote this thing and it was trending on Twitter and all this stuff that apparently trading cards are back I, I Graceffa, are you into the trading card game right now is that a thing no <laughs> okay. I'm not into it it shouldn't be a thing uh, these things should cease to exist. Really? So you're yes. you're actually you're full on. It's not even that it's not your thing. You're actively anti sports trading cards. Again, what other thing that is paper that we that are we keeping around right now? Not even cash right now. Right? <laughs> like uh, do people have cards. newspapers? The hard copy of the newspaper? No. No, they don't. No, they, no, not, they don't. not unless you're no. team. Like you're a Lakers Dude, fan, your team. When's the last the time you went to the store, the store, and you were like, "Man, I want this latest issue of this magazine." No. Yeah, it's no. not not good for the magazine industry. Right. Again. So the only thing we keep around that is paper are these are these dopey cards. <laughs> let's let's end them. Just end them as a thing. They don't need to exist. Everybody forty years ago who thought they were going to get their retirement off of the Lenny Dykstra card that they had in their Ant's attic. It didn't work out for you. You had to get a real job. All right? So let's move on. Let's call it a day. The only okay. people who are making money off of these things are sharks that happen to have the one-of-one one card that is signed. Yeah, and that's what I feel like a lot of this is. There's so much, like, specialty stuff, which I don't know how that stuff gets printed. I don't know how it gets into the marketplace. No one does except for the sharks that have them. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's one of the weird things. But you sound like you got, like, you never, were you ever into cards like that? As a child. Yeah. But again, I'm not a child anymore. <laughs> Neither are you. We have real jobs. This is, as much as, as much as we dog this, it's a real job, kinda. Mm -hmm. You know? Kinda. Kind of kinda a real job. Yeah. So again, like, I'm not going to go on the rant again of, like, <laughs> their, their aunt's, Attic with the cards. They thought they were gonna, you yeah. know, they thought they were gonna have their four hundred one k in, uh, you know, this Duke Snyder card that they had growing up that was passed down three times in their family. Enough is enough of this crap. Yeah, some some poor kid in Detroit twenty years ago was like this Joey Harrington. <laughs> this Mark Fitterich card is gonna pay for my mortgage. It wasn't. It was never gonna do that. It was never gonna do. That. No, no, I, and that was the thing. I never understood the values as a kid, but. They were just cool to have, you know. That was the thing for me. Like, I don't, I don't actively hate sports cards the way that you do. These it, things are for children and young people. They were not meant to be sold at auction for millions of dollars. Well, that is the crazy thing that it's worth that much money. You know, the people willing to pay that much, but you're into it as a kid. And then these players, you know, you grow up and you find older players from your time when you were a kid that you looked up to and. Suddenly the rookie card's on sale, and you're like, yeah, I've got $18 million to spare. Let me spend one of it on a card. It's it's kind of crazy to me, but if you, I guess if you got that kind of money, do what you want. Like everybody who thought they had a Honus Wagner card from then, and then they all found out they were all fakes. It's like, oh, you got bamboozled by a Honus Wagner card. <laughs> that's that's the danger of Move it, Move on with your life. And that stuff is crazy. I mean, the the... the frauds that go on within that industry. I feel for those people. If you spend like 30k on a signed bat and it turns out it's a fake, like that's a that's a miserable and risky thing. But I don't know, there's something that can be cool about cards, but I just I couldn't get back into like actually collecting them again. 
I just couldn't I couldn't get to that level. I'd go to a card show. I'd like to see it like if whenever they're happening again, I'd go. You know, the you wouldn't rather sh- sit at home on the couch watch TV. No, like card because here's the thing: card shows you get all this random stuff. You get the old cards, you get some interesting rookie There's cards. There's got to be something on Netflix better than going to a card show well, in the no, middle of nowhere. Come on, I, here's the thing: I think card shows, on some degree, are untapped potential. Like, think about how crazy people are about sports, and then what the card show is. And it's like, it doesn't have that part. I don't know. It, it Sports are a multi-billion dollar industry. How are card shows, like, not as big as they used to it's be? It's a multi-billion dollar industry for athletes and television networks, not for us. But it's because of us. But it doesn't mean it's for you. Well, apparently not. No, it's not. Right. That that's that's why me and you were standing right here. Yeah. <laughs> not for know. the millions and billions are not for us. I I guess so. I guess so. Well, yeah. No, I mean, we're not getting paid. That's for sure. <laughs> so, neither are most people that are involved in this uh, industry, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. No, that's a trip. So, eight five five two one two four two two seven. That's how you join the show. Eight five five two one two four two two seven.